Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. Here at Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the media we care about. My name is Oswald Cardona. I am joined by Laura Taylor. Hey. Link Keller. Hello. And today's um, Master of Ceremony topic picker and my favorite colonizer, <laughs> Mark Wheelies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Is this how we're going to start? Okay. Wow, yep. he just came out and straight attacked me like that. Oh my yep. goodness. Okay. Yep. 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 And now I know what kind of episode <clears throat> this is going to be. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know, I actually take the time and actually read a book. And by read, yeah. I mean listen to a book for the first yeah. time in years. And this is how he treats me. And it was a book that he was talking about reading. Which book is that? Babel. 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 You know, I don't even know anymore. It's Babel. It's Babel. But in the book, they they call it Babel, right? When you in the audiobook, when you heard it, I think. No, no I think sure? they said Babel. No, they didn't. Okay. They said Babel. They said Babel. I'm thinking about it wrong. <laughs> yep, they said Babel. Why do you want to talk about Babel? Oh my goodness! So there is there is quite a bit, and um, I had thoughts about it, and. There's two Feelings. big things. Two big things. Yeah, two two main things that, that like I really drove from it. Aside from just literary critiques, um, one was the idea of um, translation and how when oftentimes work, literary works, or things are being translated from one form of media or writing to another, mm. a lot of the times the meaning behind the original piece can get misconstrued, misinterpreted, misinterpret. I, I can't even form words anymore. Did interpreted. There you go. Or um, like they just, the, the meaning gets lost altogether and it takes on its a completely different form. Um, and so I wanted to, which is talk- a big part of the book. Exa- yeah. Which is like a, the, the main focal point of, of the whole entire book. So that's something I wanted to talk about. And then the other big thing that the book kind of talks about and addresses is uh, good old colonialism and how mm-hmm. it's it's bad don't do it don't colonize yeah. things anymore okay sounds good who are you speaking to in particular everybody this is a side tangent <laughs> okay. just to just to already get all, out, out of the gate so there was a a tiktok that i came across a while ago, I think I sent it to to you guys, um, where it was this woman who talked about how the new American dream is to leave America and go to a small village in like rural Europe or in like Asia and just kind of in- immerse yourself into into their culture. You learn their things and you often find that... Um, you know, how their systems are run are to, at least to this particular, um, per TikToker that it, it, it benefited them. Like healthcare was more easily accessible, all these other things. And as I was listening to it, I was like, so the new American dream is colonization. Like that was my initial thought. I was like, so what, what you're saying is we want to leave America because our conditions are not suitable for us. 
because of, you know, all sorts of different factors and instead move to a rural town in a foreign country, utilize their resources for your own benefit. How'd that make you feel? I was like, it, it made me, it made me question like how, how is it that we're not realizing that things are becoming, are coming around full circle again, where mm-hmm. we as a younger generation can highlight all these terrible things that have happened and how we want to put a stop to things. We want to make a change for it. And then we are essentially doing the same thing, but we're changing, we're, we're changing the language of it. So it, to people, it has a different meaning. Which kind of ties the both themes together, but that was like one thing that like stuck out to me. And so then reading Babel, that was like a, that that theme of like you know utilizing the resources of other countries for the benefit of either yourself as an individual, or in the in Babel's case, it's to benefit Great Britain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I get what you're saying, right? And the the book, it's very, it doesn't. I mean, colonization is a, is probably the central theme of the book, and it it shows how the U the UK just is an oppressor of of different countries, mm-hmm. and then even though it's kind of a, you know, it is historical fiction in this book. There's a magic system, and there's all this other stuff, but it's based on a lot of truth and there's a difference between like going and joining a community versus going and exploiting its resources and its people. And, and in the case of the book, right. Then using those same resources um, from those countries to train them to then continue to exploit the, the resources of of the same countries and, and others. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think there is a big difference between just like, oh, we're coming, we're, we're coming over to join your community versus, yep, I'm just going to take advantage of everything you have. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Let me take that health care and all the food that you have in the area and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very different. Just take it. Just take it. It's different if you are going to also bring something to the community. Yeah. I mean, but that and that's part of the argument, right? Like the colonizer will always think that they are oh. um, contributing, that they're doing mm-hmm. some sort of uh, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. sure for you know for a lot of people, you know, this isn't always the case. That like if they do emigrate from America and they're you know they choose to reside in a different country, I'm sure there's a there's plenty of people out there that are contributing that are doing what they can to actually try to integrate themselves into the cult, into the community and try to be productive rather than just kind of utilizing their resources simply because it's more accessible or it's uh, more affordable or whatever the reason might be. But I also think that for every person that is doing it with that, with those good intentions, and that are able to actually carry out those intentions. There's also just as many people that are using that as an excuse to go and exploit these different communities simply just because 
you know, they can, and then they kind of like, then they're able to kind of capitalize off of it by making, you know, either TikToks or other forms of social media posts, becoming an influencer and trying to promote this lifestyle. So they're capitalizing and gaining from it without really contributing or, you know, doing anything that's worth of value to that community. Now, a, a colonizer mindset does not make necessarily a, a, a colonizer, I think, right? Like there's there's an, um, a matter of like power and oppression and a whole bunch of other stuff that I think mm-hmm. goes into into that. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of disgusting <laughs> to see like those influencers and they're like, oh, this is, for example, Puerto Rico gets it in multiple in multiple ways, right? Like I was born there and... Puerto Rico is, if you look it up, it's considered one of the last colonies in the world. And the United States um, has a couple where mm-hmm. they don't have the same rights as all the other American citizens in the country, which is pretty fucked up. And then, but then you also have, like, you can look up videos like, here's how to go and like live tax free in, in, um, in Puerto Rico and like take advantage of all of these benefits that the actual residents of the island don't get, but that you can get if you come in with that mentality of, we can call it exploitation for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's frustrating. Yeah. And, and like you said, like, and even at that scale. Yeah. And, it, and it's like you said, where it's not necessarily so much of like, the colonizer colonizer mindset doesn't, you know, make a colonizer or, you know, anything like that. But I do think that it's a, it's kind of a dangerous game that's being played because it, it's opening that door for potential further action to take place where it's like, well, so many people are, are you know, moving to this particular country. Let's just try to work with them and then you know then it's like kind of strong arming or you know there's all sorts of potential scenarios that could potentially play out that could then create or recreate colonization and and that colonizer mentality and and actions so like that's just kind of one of the things that like i've started noticing a lot more on on all forms of social media and i i kind of have that hesitancy and I have that kind of like, you know, that doesn't seem or doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, um, the actual location has a lot to do with that mm-hmm. as well, because if they're incentivizing it, that's, that's the, like, like a country in a city can, can control these things. Like when we talk about gentrification at the, at the local level, Cities are encouraging this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You, you could you could put a stop to to a lot of this, including you know there's immigration policies in different countries and things like that mm-hmm. that could that can kind of stop that. But in 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 the book Babel, right? Like the thing is that there's the the UK has so much power because basically they control. There's a magic system in this world, and they control the source of the magic almost entirely. And so they, they, they really are an oppressor, right? Like they go in and they, they go in and they take whatever they want because they, they can, they are 
literally more powerful than any other country. They have the biggest military, but they also have magic powers. Yeah, which is everything else. Which they they take from the countries that they're they're trying to to strong arm and trying to you know colonize or they're trying to just take over by force because they're utilizing their resources, their language for the betterment of purely themselves that they then turn back and use on the very people. I saw, I saw a TikTok from the author, um, Rebecca KF, no, Rebecca F. Kwong. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. And, um, she had just won an, an award for, for novel of the year or like fantasy novel or something like that of the year in the UK. And she was like, mm. how, how is this possible? Like, this is such a huge critique of the UK and its history. <laughs> how, how is this, how is this possible? That is like the ultimate, like obliviousness, right? right? Like there are right. so many, we can talk about how people don't see themselves like in the empire or whatever in Link? star Wars what? or Link muted. I'm unmuted. What happened to Laura? Mm. Oh no, oh, she's frozen. Oh no, Link is frozen. Uh-oh. I thought I thought you were gonna say something, Link. I was, but now I'm. You forget? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna respond to what Laura was saying, but she disappeared. So now I don't know. Well, now I'm frozen, or you're all frozen. You were you were you were reacting to. I don't remember now either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't remember what what it is Laura was trying to say. I was saying This is gonna be fun to edit. Oh the obliviousness. She said obli- she said that the there was it was like the, the ultimate um obliviousness that the country could not remember could not like see that the entire novel is a critique. Yeah, um, I don't I don't think that's um, obliviousness. Yeah, I don't think so either. Mm-hmm. What do you think it is? What would you call it's, it? It it's another tool in in the tool book of control if you give Mm -hmm. awards to things that critique you uh then people are like well they're listening to critiques and now people won't do a violent revolution (laughs) (laughs) yeah to be fair that that award was not given by like the monarchy or the government, right? No, but a, the, the a, point stands, a, a, a literary right? Organization. It's, it's literary organizations and, and publishing companies, like they own the means of production. Yeah. And I mean, we're, we kind of see that with all sorts of different companies nowadays. Like I just heard on the radio this morning about um, PETA, you trying to, basically capitalize off of this phone call that Pete Davidson had made to them where he was like cussing them out and they made a costume about it. And then they're like, Oh, you know, like we're making this costume about it. Ha ha. So funny, but also buy the costume. And every time you buy the costume, like all the proceeds go to this organization. It's like a hundred dollar costume, but like it's their way of kind of like trying to exercise that control because here's someone or you know people providing a critique and they're like well let's let's spin this 
we'll capitalize off of it. Ha ha. This is so funny, but also like, let's do something about it. So that way we can retake control over the situation. Yeah. Basically, I, it's, just, it's-, uh, it's not obliviousness. It's very calculated. Yeah. So why has this stuff been bothering you so much, Mark? It's in the book. It's on your TikTok. Yeah. I, it's on your PETA. <laughs> you know, I, I think what it kind of like, what kind of really sticks out to me with it is it kind of goes back to a topic and a conversation that I know we've touched on plenty of times before in different episodes about this idea of being a, um, a third culture kid where you know for me in particular you know as i'm a first generation um mexican-american my dad came here from mexico when he was a little kid things like that but for me growing up being born and, and raised here in america i was always one of those kids where i was too white to be mexican but too mexican to be white and like, I don't speak Spanish. I don't understand Spanish. So that just further ostracized me. And so, so looking at the idea of, of like the colonialism factor and sort of the struggles of colonialism and how it's relating to the main character, Robin, because he himself identifies as that third culture kid because yeah. he can't relate to his native culture and he also can't relate to you know the the uk society because he's half and half yeah robin is somebody who who right in the novel he is taken from his um city in china as a child mm-hmm. and raised in the uk yeah but he's he's well how do they describe him he's like white passing he's white enough passing. yeah he's white passing enough. enough where like if you look at him from afar you could think he's like any other typical white male but it's when you're like you're actually up you know you're up close and personal you're actually talking to him you can clearly make out his um his asian features and things like that um I know this is, I know this is, I don't I don't think this is messed up but like you could play Robin in a movie <laughs> in the movie version. You know, and and that's the other thing too is that <laughs> I think that that's another reason why the the colonialism thing also kind of like is sticking with me because that's the that's another main thing is that I'm often misidentified. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many people just assume that I'm Asian or that I have um some sort of asian heritage like and there are some people that even when i explain to them my heritage and everything they don't believe me they're like no 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 no, that doesn't sound right no no you you have to be asian and people will love it refuse to acknowledge the fact that i'm i'm not and they'll they'll continue to to misidentify me and that's something that like growing up i at first I kind of took offense to it and then I kind of started to own it a little bit, you know, ha ha funny joke. And, you know, I, I played around with that title, but I was also unsure of myself because my mom also has some unsure origins um, from her, her dad's side of the family. 
But I think that like, you know, it's one of those things where if you're in a culture that is much more dominant. So like for me being in America, being a minority, they have that power. People have that power to say, "Mm, no, I don't believe you. You're, I think you're this. So you're, that's how you're going to be to me. Takes a special kind of person mm-hmm. to to say that, but yeah, I've met them, many mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, oh, I still meet them. Yeah, yeah, no, they're around. Mm-hmm. They're here. That was a very so how, did, how does that? Yeah. So how do how does how does that make you feel? Like I said, it's it's one of those things where when I see it like in social media or when I start seeing it sort of like I see like little bits and pieces of it playing out, I'm like, ah, you know, it just it gives me the ick. That's that's kind of the simple way I can put it is that it gives me the ick. Like I just I don't I don't like it. Like I I can understand that, I, you know, for a lot of people the situation here in America is not the greatest, but I also don't think necessarily the solution is how about you just get up and leave and take advantage of another, of another community's resources for your own benefit. Got it. Do you, do you think about the relationship between the United States and Mexico and how, how messed up that has been as well? Like there are people who were living in Mexico and all of a sudden, because the United States said so, they were suddenly living in the United States, mm-hmm. right? Because like they just redrew the borders and took over parts of, of Mexico. Yeah. Like, or do you like think about that stuff. Or? And multiple I, times too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> California, that's still part of Mexico. Oh, sorry. Nope. Mm, now that's the U.S. You know, I don't think it's necessarily that piece of it that I so much as like I think about more often, but I think more about just my own lineage. Like my dad's side of the family traces back to the indigenous people in Mexico. And then obviously when uh, and then, you know, I've done like the ancestry dot com stuff to kind of view my heritage and things like that and aside from you know taking out my mom's side out of the equation if i'm looking at just my dad's side there are so many other things that were intermingled in addition to the the indigenous people so like obviously they came colonized mexico and that you know that european bloodline then mixes in with you know, the indigenous peoples, all that sort of stuff from whatever means. And then, you know, that ultimately led to where I am today. Chicago. Basically. (laughs) Looking like I'm Asian. I have no comment for that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what what are you, what are your thoughts, Josue, on on the ideas of? of I, I I just want to before Josue starts talking, I want to point out that anytime Mark picks a topic, it's like therapy for Mark. Always, <laughs> always. Okay, but always. I didn't 
I didn't go this way, okay? He's the one who came out of the gate swinging, calling me a colonizer, and then proceeded to say, well, how does this make you feel? I feel like that's kind of not quite. I don't know if Fosway would call a client a, a colonizer, but I feel like he's pretty confrontational. <laughs> <laughs> Only if I thought it would get us where we, where we wanted right, to go. <laughs> right, right. In service of the client, right? <laughs> In service of the client. In service of the market, of course. Yeah. Anyway. No, this, this topic infuriates me for a number of reasons. Um, I don't think I cared as much when I was younger. But as I got older, I definitely did the 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 idea of the of the colonization. Like one one example that I give people is that if you're a resident of Puerto Rico, and it doesn't matter if you were born there or not, it doesn't matter if you're Puerto Rican, but just by living there, you lose the right to vote for president, for example. Mm-hmm. And it's such a weird thing, you know, because you're still um, a U.S. citizen, <laughs> still a U.S. citizen. But also, like I don't know, I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that you lose the the this disability and it's again it like doesn't have to be that way Mm-mm. like washington dc couldn't vote for president you know who until else the 70s. loses the, the right to to uh vote for president people in jail and that's mm-hmm. really fucked up yeah 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 um it's almost and there's like different reasons why all those things the ruling class uh benefits from that situation yeah. it's kind, it so. seems yeah. kind of like that maybe yeah, just a yeah. little bit. Yeah, and so again, but that's that's because of the special relationship that um, the United States has with Puerto Rico um, as a as a colony, where things just like you know, like the people there do not even have the right to like they have they literally have no representation in Congress, so they can't mm-hmm. even advocate for the changes that they like the people can't. Right, um, they there. can't advocate for like, hey, how about this uh, voting rights? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so from that perspective, it um it upsets me as a person who just you know reads and knows people from different parts of the world. I have a, I have all sorts of opinions that I won't uh, get into necessarily here. But a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, Mark, um, I I agree that this is one of those novels that touches on on all of them very explicitly like nothing nothing about um about colonialism in this novel is uh implied right it's it's all it's all very 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 explicit um and the main character you kind of goes on this journey where he's and i would say it's probably similar to mine as well it's like as a kid, like you start, you start buying into the the positive reasons why, and you're like, and, and you're like, I'm not part of the problem, you know. And then, the propaganda, and, it's so good. And they all struggle with it. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah, and they all struggle with it, right? Because especially when you're benefiting um, from it, it's hard to to criticize it. Um, but as he gets older, as he sees the things that are going on, and I mean, and then in the story, they push him hard to basically go to China and screw people over. Um, he, you know, it, it, it's harder for him <laughs> to, to keep um, playing that game. So I think, I think that that, that story resonates or would resonate with a lot of people. We haven't even talked about translation piece, like how language plays a role in the, in the novel either. But yeah, that's one of those stories that, um, yeah, it pisses me off. 
pisses me off a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course, this isn't the only story that touches on, on colonialism in that way, but it is, you know, it is a historical fiction in a, it's great. Yeah. It, and, and the author seemed like, uh, I would say very angry while I wrote the whole thing. It was great. It was great. <laughs> it's like, it was very, um, purposeful. Josue, you read this book uh, a while ago at this point, but like how, what was, what was your emotional response to, to reading this story? Yeah, pretty much what I was just saying now, like it was, it was infuriating because it reminds me of all that stuff. Like it resonated, um, on multiple levels. Did you, but I also, I also loved the, like, I wanted to read it because of the translation piece, like, because Mm -hmm. language was a big part of it. And, and I like to study languages. So that part was really interesting to me. But um, yeah, again, like I saw myself in that story where I'm, I remember being younger and, and believing different things and my beliefs have changed over time to where I'd burn it all down now. I mean, yeah. You just tear it all yeah. to the ground. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also think that the, the book itself also touches on like even the difficulty of even of having that conversation of like, yeah, okay. Like all this propaganda that we went through all the benefits that a person might've experienced because of colonialism. Like, yeah, sure. That's all cool, fine and dandy, but it doesn't take away from the bigger picture. And I think like it, the book really highlights like just how difficult it is to kind of, have people realize just how detrimental the system actually was, you know, like the, you know, like the main group, there's, there's four, you know, four people that are in the cohort with the main character. Um, and they're, they're the ones going through school together. And three of them are, you know, from different cultures, from different countries. And they were brought to uh, either the UK or in one of them is France. And then ultimately to, to the UK to, to study. And one, she was born and raised in great Britain. You know, she was, she's just really good at, and, and really adept at, at languages and translations and things like that. And when they try to explain to her, like the reasoning why that they have these emotional responses to kind of the situations that they've experienced, that they experienced throughout the book, and her just being so completely dumbfounded and flabbergasted like the entire time and then falling back on the defense of like, well, look at all the benefits you guys get received. Like, look at all the good you guys got. Like, this is like, why would you want to throw all that away? Like, just use it and then in turn, try to go back to use the system. But, you know, like, again, it's like, it's like having that round and round and round conversation of trying to explain that to people and and sort of like the difficulties it is of of having to have that conversation of like yes this system might have been beneficial or it might have benefited me specifically and there for every person that benefits from the oppressed culture country whatever there are at least like 10 15 100 different people or more that are suffering because of it. And that does, that's just not right. One of the things that, that the book reminds me of, and I'm, I think about this constantly is that 
even though, and I said, oh, I would burn it all down. The truth is, I mean, the four of us haven't done shit to, to, to make any of this better, right? Like we're all part of the problem and we all kind of live in it. And it's part of, it's, it's part of the machine, right? Most of us are, are benefiting from it and we're all just here. And, um, that, that part of it in the book is very, right. It's like, it's an, it, these are intimate conversations between the four people a few more later on that are going on. And it's exactly what you were saying. It's like, what is, are we part of the problem? Are we benefiting from it? Should we do it? And if we do something, how much should we do? How far do we take it? Mm-hmm. Are we actually going to make some sort of change or are we going to, how much are we going to do to our detriment? Because to, to actually do something about it, we're going to have to take it to an extreme. Yeah. And, and, and even and then the truth is like, we're a part of it. Yeah. And even then, like, even if, even if you do take it to, to an extreme, there's no necessarily, there's not necessarily a guarantee that it's even going to be effective or that it's even going to create that change because it can just as easily be spinned and, and twisted into uh, extremist ideals, radical beliefs, things like that. And, and then in turn, you're just providing fuel for more propaganda to be created which then f- further drives people into the very system that you're aiming to destroy. Or but at least the, the, this, this book in particular, it does take it right because of the way that it sets everything up. It does take it so that like, if they take it just far enough, they do literally change the balance of power in the entire world. Like they do, they are able to take away a huge piece of power from the UK, but to do that, they need to sacrifice a lot. <laughs> A lot, right? A lot of everything, <laughs> right? They need to make some sacrifices, and and the real world isn't that isn't that clear cut. But the novel actually sets up that that scenario where it's where it is possible, and that kind of makes sense because the real world we end up in these situations where and <clears throat> colonialism, capitalism. I mean, it's all intertwined, but <laughs> all the different things, all these systems we have that are broken are so ingrained and, and like there's little web tendrils everywhere. And yeah. we try to fix a problem and we create another bigger problem. And then we fix that problem and we create another bigger problem. And so in a book like this, you can go just far enough um, and sacrifice things. And I'm guessing burn the whole thing down. <laughs> There's, there's I haven't read it, but yeah. from what yeah. I'm from what I'm hearing is, then yeah, they yeah, do yeah. a lot, do a lot of damage. Yeah, and again, though, I think I think way. that's what that's what makes stories like this right. That that's what makes them a fantasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because is it? in real, is it is what? I mean, history has shown that uh, violence can change a lot of things. The yeah, problem yeah, yeah. is but, people but, often don't want to do violence. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like how far do you take it and how much violence is necessary? I haven't read this book. To, to I did. It. I did read a synopsis of it before we recorded. Um, but it's, it seems to me to very much take the stance of you cannot change the system from the inside. You must destroy it. How do you guys feel about that? That story idea, that narrative? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely what it is, for sure. I mean, they they debate that as they go through. 
Yeah, but the, is that the, your question? The, that's book, what happens the, in the book, book takes the stance that you can't yeah. change it from the inside and you must destroy. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about that? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, I, 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 I agree. I agree. Because it depends on the machine. The machine is too big, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, again, I mean, smaller machines fish- you can break from the inside, right? <laughs> I mean, there's, um, what is it? There's, uh, like the United States, that one feels hard. That one feels hard to, to, to change from the inside. Maybe there's other ones, but there's, this one feels really hard. It's designed in a way that is too, yeah, everything about its design is, is meant for it to, to continue <laughs> there's a there's a tv show it was starring um keeper sutherland where there's a terrorist attack and they basically it, like they destroy the house the house and the senate like every i believe that's what happens they kill everybody is and then 24 no 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 this no. isn't 24 no, 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 no. <laughs> i was like wait no wait. no no no. but keeper sutherland i think is the like the undersecretary of oh, education or something is like it that. like the sole survivor or whatever yeah the, yeah. yeah so he ends mm-hmm. up being president because he's like i don't know and then designated what is it? survivor designated yeah survivor. yeah yeah right which is which is a whole thing right like even even when they meet they're like we got to have one person one in this person room, who just can in case. be president has to not be there just in case yeah. mm-hmm in Battlestar Galactica, right? It was like it was also the Secretary of Education. Maybe I'm mixing them up, but the, she was the Secretary of Education, so she was 234th in line mm-hmm. for the for the presidency. But like the system, the system stayed intact. Mm-hmm. The Cylons tried, but even 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 destroying half the world couldn't couldn't bring down that government. Some of these systems, and especially we're talking about the the book is about the UK, like. Yeah. Nina didn't even realize until a month ago that Canada is still a colony of the United, of the United Kingdom. Yep. Um, yep. Just because it is, it is, and you don't. It just that's the way it's been since we were born. You know, and um, our yeah. Amer- American education system is very much uh, of the belief that we don't like colonies are a term from ye olden times and not yeah applicable we don't have to colonies anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's just when we talk about pilgrims, not when we talk about your neighbors. Mm-hmm. We had thirteen original colonies, and then you know, and then that story is <laughs> we uh, never talked about them again. <laughs> it's like you know what they they disappeared. They became the United States. No more colonies. Never again. No more questions. Mm-hmm. No more. But it's also like glamorized, right? It's 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 like this wonderful story of um, independence and liberation. Hypocrisy. Uh. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so 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 there's that piece. And then you brought up the translation mm-hmm. um piece, right? Like kind of so so the magic system in this in this uh, book is all about how there are things that are lost in translation. And the what is lost in translation in this book is harnessed as power energy it can be applied in different ways so for example if you take two words from two different languages that mean either bomb or explosive or something like that depending on how far one word is from the other in terms of meaning if you put those two words together on a piece of silver you can by 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 reciting the words 
the energy in between, like between the translation, what is lost would, um, can create an explosion. So that's like, that's how you would create a bomb in this, in this um, particular story. And it's really, really cool. And they play with this idea a, a ton and they use it for health. They use it for, um, reinforcing steel. They use it for electricity. They use it for a whole bunch of stuff in the story. And, but Mark, you said it, you mentioned that at the beginning as like, it made you think about how often even changing from one medium to another, you, you lose a lot of the, the meaning in it. Why, why, why was that on your mind? I just kind of think back to, um, how, so the big thing that I can kind of draw from is like when there are movie adaptations of, of books, right? Mm-hmm. Where sometimes the particular, the, the author writes the book that has like, they're, they're trying to convey a specific message or they're trying to tell us a, a, a certain story. And then when you try to adapt it to a film, it you know if you try to be completely faithful to the source material depending on how long the book is you're looking at a, a five six seven hour long movie if not even longer depending on, on what details are even provided within the book and so part of the job and the process is to do the their best to try to retain what the central points and the central themes of the book are while still making it an enjoyable experience for the, for the viewer to watch. Right. And some, in some cases it can still do it. Like there are, there are directors, there are films out there that can do it pretty well. I don't ask me for examples because I cannot name any off the top of my head, but I just know that, that there are some adaptations out there that, you know, for the most part, they, they're, they're pretty faithful. Um, but there are still there's still like some some lost meaning, some lost feelings. Like the this, it, I feel like it it's a di- almost like a different story that's being told, no matter how faithful it is to the to the source material. And then there are some cases where it's just so bad, you know, and it, it creates its own different meaning. It creates a it becomes its own separate entity. But the true meaning behind whatever that material was just gets lost. Mm-hmm. I can see that, Mark. I think about books where if you, for time, because there's so many different things, you squish two characters together into a movie and make them one. Um, and some other things, like if you pull uh, something a character does in this important scene in the book out because it doesn't make sense in the movie you lose but then later events happen you lose that motivation and the understanding of why that character did that thing i again can't really think of specific examples um but i've re- read a million different like memes and posts recently about like well, this is a thing in this source material that didn't end up in this show or this movie. And it changed how we saw the character and how noble or not noble their, their motivation behind their actions were. Um, I can think of one that is fairly um, uh, like it honors the source material, but has some differences 
um, The Last of Us, the game, going to a show, it feels like the game, but there are some key things that are very different. I mean, they changed the transmission of the of the virus so or the the fungus so um and that made for different things that had to happen that couldn't happen in the game um but it still felt there were some things lost but it still felt at least to me like the same meaning behind it and the same kind of story behind it i think there's a difference between like trying to translate something and have something be lost and making deliberate decisions Mm -hmm. because like when you're trying to condense something, you have to cut corners and you have to um, change it. But sometimes we, we deliberately, um, you know, make changes. But then in other cases, we just like the medium is so different or the language is so different. If you're using actual languages, like there is no word equivalent, but there is no way to do what you did in the book in, in a movie. So you need to find a different way to try to do it. So you can try to get close. Your intention can be similar, but you, it, it, sometimes it's impossible to translate um, from one, from one medium to another, from one language to another. It's, uh, it makes it hard to have like a universal language or universal medium, things like that. I say yeah, all the when time, I was watching- the, the medium is the message, and that applies to the language that we use as well. That is also a mm-hmm. medium through which we communicate ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was trying to catch up on watching Steven Universe, I was watching it in like 10-minute chunks or whatever on um, – or three-minute chunks on YouTube, and it was translated – it was in English, but there were Portuguese subtitles at the bottom, and they had to – explain the puns to people because and that's one thing that puns are very language specific and there's a few there's a i can't remember the exact joke but there's something about um cats and purgatory and and that can translate to several different languages that pun um but otherwise most puns don't make it through um humor can be really language specific so that's even, why, even cultural we, that's why we love there. localizers. Yay! Yay! <laughs> it's a hard job. But even mm-hmm. even sometimes even cultural like right we within geek therapy we talk about having a shared language, right? Cuz cuz even even the cultural references we can both speak English, but you know, it doesn't mean you understand, mm-hmm. doesn't mean you get the memes, doesn't mean you get the references because those are those are culturally specific. Steven Universe is full of those. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and temporally specific. Specific. In, t- you're, in you're, time. Did you say temporally? Yes. You're temporally. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also temporally specific. Well, you guys got any, yeah. uh, any other media examples? I, I came with a couple. Well, you know, and not to get... Not to get too religious, but I feel like this this is like one of the big things that like when it comes to translations, like I, I feel like this is something that will inevitably come up is that, you know, when you look at a lot of 
these holy texts like you know the bible or uh the quran and stuff like that the original languages that they were written in for the most part like or at least as far as i'm concerned no one can decipher that original language and that's to even say like we have the original texts of those said scriptures or or um whatever and so everything that we've had up until this point has been a translation it's been an interpretation of it and so who's to say that the the stories that we read now are truly the stories that were being documented and recorded when those particular passages were being written because as far as we are we know like we don't know what those original texts say and even now we're we'd have to backtrack it and by doing that we're basically having to retranslate it using stuff that we're already familiar with but even then you're losing more of the meaning and losing more of the 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 what's the word i'm looking for it really is just like the meaning and like this like the colloquialisms and the context of which those original stories were being recorded in. Yeah. I mean, take it one step further. There are multiple translations of just the Christian English Bible exactly in English. And depending on the church that you go to, they use, they use different translations. Exactly. So some are more convenient. And and that's the point is that like these, these different translations are used to suit, the needs of whatever it is that the organization is looking for, whatever church, whatever the, the the specific church, whatever goals they're looking to accomplish, they're going to use what they view as in their eyes will be a, a more accurate translation, but really it's just a more suitable translation to what it is they're trying to accomplish. Maybe. Yeah. Because and, sometimes and, it's just like, it's just like, that's what you grew up with. But then, but then I think what happens is then, then all the other ones are wrong. Look, everyone should just read the Torah instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, famously <laughs> unargued the Torah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, oh. no one debates that. It's interesting because um, leading up to the high holidays, our Nina and I's rabbi was talking about reading, you read the same psalm over and over again. And she said, you don't read the same translation every time if you don't have to. Um, and so you can get the same story with very different meanings. I mean, there's similar meanings, but some are written more beautifully than others. And there's different different wording. But it's just very interesting um, because the Hebrew, it's the same, but we can interpret it differently into English and other languages. So. Yeah. Also, as a, as, a, as a person who speaks multiple languages, it is extremely distracting to to look at translations and understand both of them because mm-hmm. holy shit are things different sometimes <laughs> so it yeah. is so hard and distracting oh it is uh, it's fascinating but it is it is it's damn yeah and i think in the context of 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 gt it is it, this is why Sometimes we don't even have the words to describe the way we feel, right? So, but we see it and we, we have a, a particular version of it that seems 
accurate, that seems representative of the concept or the idea or the feeling that we want to show. And it is hard if your therapist doesn't understand, you know, Mm -hmm. that's why, that's why uh, we always talk about like bring the actual media in if you can, and then, you know, and and, and show it. Don't just, because even just talking about it, is it the same thing? Well, even just someone coming to me and they're glad I understand what discord is and like Mm -hmm. being able to understand what a server is and what a channel is and what, like, how to yeah. how to do a gif in it and like and all these other things like they're like you get it you understand the the word mod the word word whatever um or a client who like almost exclusively we have talked about life through the lens of the legend of zelda um mm-hmm. and being able to like show up in therapy and see me wearing I'm currently wearing my Legend of Zelda hat and like see that and be like oh let me tell you about this this and this like um it's you speak been, my language exactly you understand what I'm saying when I say a Korok seed and how I'm collecting all the Korok seeds right now and I'm like that is perseverance right there friend that is perseverance yep <laughs> yep yeah yeah was there anything else about the book you wanted to cover, Mark? Or that, or that, or not necessarily about the book, but the ideas in the book. In terms of ideas of the book, no, I feel like these are like my two, the two biggest things, and I feel like they're also the two main themes of the book. Um, there are things that I do want to just touch on the book, but I feel like since you and I are the only two that read it, that's just something that I could just talk to you about afterwards. Call me. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Any closing thoughts, Mark? Uh, colonialism is bad. Mm-hmm. And you said don't do it. Right? Exactly. Don't that, do it. That, yeah. Don't yeah, do it. Okay. It's bad, guys. Don't do it. Okay. Um, okay. And I, I think translation, and this is something that was touched on in the book, but I think that while it does pose its its own issues and concerns at times. I do think that the art of translation is something that is to be admired. I think it is a beautiful it's thing beautiful. to, to yeah. create meaning and doing, and especially when someone's doing their, their best to try to retain the original meaning of whatever the original text is and convey it in a, in a different language. Yeah. Not an easy job. No, not at all. I forget I forget the person's name, but on TikTok I follow someone who goes through and there's a few people that do this, but they go through the history of the of a word and like what it used to mean and where it came from and what the root was and how it changed and over time and then it meant this and then it meant that and then you're like, Oh damn, that's how we got here. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Lara, closing words, closing thoughts. I got nothing. Cool. Link? Yeah, I have a couple of recommendations of other media to get into if you liked this conversation uh, on the anti capitalist, anti colonialist side. There is the movie Sorry to Bother You, uh, which mm-hmm. is fantastic and very funny and surprising, and you uh, will gasp 
and go, oh, what the fuck is happening? Um, great movie, very much about uh, what we were talking about earlier of uh, changing a system from the inside versus its necessary destruction. Uh, and then more on the language side, um, also related to the Tower of Babel fable myth story um snow crash has a lot to do with the idea of um shared language being a whole thing <laughs> um and and its relationship to book. tech you should read that book i truly think that you are going to be so into it um and then also the movie arrival which is really cool uh first contact movie about aliens and a linguist slash etymologist um trying to figure out how to communicate with the aliens and uh, both to communicate from us to them but also to receive their communications to us and there's a whole lot of really juicy philosophical questions about how uh language shapes the way that we think about everything um and framing that in extraterrestrial stuff is really cool and interesting. Um, but yeah, two movies and a book to go with Babel. <laughs> yep. Check them out at your uh, at your local library. Shouldn't surprise you, but Arrival is my favorite sci-fi movie. It's great. For, for, yep, yep, yep. It's on, it's on the list of things to watch. It's it's. I like it. I like it a lot. And um, again, I think this is a good example of just a, a, a story that made Mark feel something, made him feel a couple different things. And so we, 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 we talked about it. So, you know, remember, use media in this way. That's, that's what we're advocating for. It's if it makes you feel something, whether it's positive or negative, there's something there. And uh, bring it up with your therapist, with your friends, with your podcast. So start a podcast. Let's talk about this kind of stuff. It's great. So thanks, Mark, for bringing this one up. Of course. And thank you for listening, for joining us. Join the conversation in any of our community spaces. You can do so by following the links in our show notes. Uh, Remember to geek out and do good. And we'll be back next week. Mm, Babble. Nice. Geek Therapy is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to making the world a better place through geek culture. To learn more about our mission and become a supporter, visit geektherapy.org.